defending this decision suggests that there is really no consideration of what the outside world thinks about this at all. I asked this question repeatedly when I was in Saudi Arabia. What, you know, couldn't King Salman just intervene in the judicial process and was told again and again that there is a certain amount of independence of the judiciary in a country which, of course, has its very own brand of very conservative Islam. It's under a lot of pressure, but they're insistent uh, that they will be the ones to take it and only they alone. So they show no concern for what the outside world is showing. But, of course, the Saudi foreign ministry and diplomats across the region and beyond have to be concerned because it's of great consequence. You know, as we're speaking, one country after another is either downgrading relations with Iran or there are attacks on Sunni mosques in retaliation. This is spreading and it will stand in the way of the already difficult diplomacy of trying to end destructive wars in Yemen and Syria. News Asli's do set. Well, let's uh, continue with this uh, particular subject because I've been speaking to the Iranian-American journalist and author Azadeh Moavani in Cambridge and also to Sir John Jenkins, who was the British ambassador to Saudi Arabia between 2012 and 2015. He was in Bahrain. Sir John, first on the impact of the latest developments on Saudi-Iranian relations. I don't think uh, the relationship between Saudi Arabia and Iran uh, was, uh, was good. Uh, was good to start with before this. So people talk about this casting a chill over the, over the relationship. The, the relationship was already pretty much in deep freeze, uh, irrespective of the fact that they were sitting together uh, in, the, uh, in the newly convened Vienna talks on, uh, on Syria. And that only happened because of sustained US pressure. So I think what we're seeing is, is the outward manifestation of a set of very deep and sustained tensions which go back for decades. Um, and if you listen to what the Saudis have said consistently on the issue of Syria, for example, and the, the, the Iranian role in Syria, it is, they've been consistent in saying that the answer to Syria is for the Iranians to, uh, is A, for, for Assad to go, uh, and B, for the Iranians uh, to, uh, to reduce or abandon their influence over the country. That hasn't changed. So there's a certain consistency about the Saudi position. I mean, the decision to, uh, to, uh, to carry out these executions now um, uh, a lot of these people, uh, including Sheikh uh, uh, um, uh, Nimr Nimr, uh, had been uh, in prison for quite a long time. Um, I think it is uh, a lot of this is a signal to the, to the Saudi domestic audience um, that the Saudi uh, government will stand up both uh, to uh, the Islamic State and anybody uh, who might be suspected of sympathising with the Islamic State, including in Saudi Arabia, and to uh, their Shia analogues. And you hear a lot in the Gulf this. This, uh, this is parallelism between uh, extremist Sunnah movements and extremist Shia movements, both representing a threat to authority and legitimacy inside Saudi Arabia. Uh, Azadeh uh, Moavani in Cambridge, it, it, interesting to hear Sir John talk about how it's playing to the domestic audience. What about in Iran? The, the, it, there is a, an issue here, isn't it, about the, the, the split inside Iranian politics domestically? Uh, absolutely, yes. I mean, this uh, what we what we saw happening in Tehran. You know, the scenes we saw unfolding about the the attack on the Saudi embassy. Um, you know, I think there's this highlights a kind of long running factionalism within the Iranian political establishment. Clearly, that that did come to head around the the Iran nuclear deal. You know, there are. A significant hardline faction in Iran that does not want rapprochement with the West, that was opposed to the nuclear deal, that was dragged along only because uh, the Supreme Leader supported it and is and is very interested in continued uh, conflagration in the region, stoking those tensions uh, sectarian within Iraq, uh, certainly in Syria. Um, 
And the, the sacking of the Saudi embassy certainly highlights, you know, the, the willingness um, of, of that hardline faction in Iran to push for greater sectarian conflict in the region. Um, but I think it's very important to know, even though the relationship was, was very rocky and strained, uh, this the, the Saudi decision to go ahead and execute Sheikh Nimr, uh, I think is an we must acknowledge it as an enormous Saudi provoca- provocation uh, with very heedless kind of reckless intent in what it will un- you know, doubtlessly provoke in the rest of the region. I mean, we're seeing the downgrading of ties, uh, the, the breaking off of relations, we're seeing the attacks in Iraq. I mean, this was a real uh, bold move by the Saudis, I think. Uh, and they certainly knew what would what would come as a result. And, and I think we have to you know, take a step back and, and look at the Saudi fear of what Iran's rapprochement with the world and with the West, um, you know, will mean for Saudi. Well, um, let's 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 look at that. Uh, so, so, John Jenkins, you're listening to what Azadeh Mohavini mm. is saying. I mean, th- th- this is going to have.